0: Francisco 49 is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99, don't get it twisted, one and all, with five time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time. groove Walgreens, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh, don't
1: ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Faithful UK Show. Right guys, welcome back to the 49er Faithful UK Show. This week uh, Brian's having a break, he's actually out watching kickball, so I have a special guest host tonight, and that host is Andy Hodgson.
0: Hello everyone.
1: Do you want to introduce yourself Andy, tell people where you're from, how long you've been a 49ers fan? Yeah,
0: can do, Uh, so my name's Andrew Hodgson, Um, you'll probably find us on Facebook and Twitter if you want to, I think I'm on Instagram and everything as well, Um, I'm from the... Sort of the same neck of woods as David, out in the northeast of England from Newcastle, though. Um, being a 49ers fan, this will be coming up, actually, come up the year 30 now because I think the first game I ever saw was the Super Bowl against uh, the Bengals. Uh, watched it on the TV, 49ers won, and I thought, yeah, that's my team. Um, supported them ever since. Um, sort of fell out a little bit during the 90s, but still try to follow them as best I can, mainly through Madden and obviously just. Carried on going through as much as I could, and then since the obviously the bigger booms kicked ticked off the naughties and everything, I've jumped right in and kept on following them.
1: So I think it's interesting that you chose a team of playing red and white. I, I think that says a lot about you, Andy. I, I think there there must be something deep down inside that you you, you really want to get off your chest, maybe it's um, come out of a closet or sort of say,
0: no, no I think can... I can get, honestly say the only red and white I wear is San Francisco and I don't think I would ever, ever, ever wear another red and white shirt.
1: Well, well, that puts that conversation to bed then. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a try. Yeah, yeah, worth a try. Yeah, worth a try. <laughs> so last night's game was week six, Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. I think the feeling was that uh, we were going to be Beaten off the park by the Packers last night. As it turns out, it was quite a close game in both scoreline and stats. However, the main stat as per last week's results will be the turnovers. Can we say that we've learned from last week's turnovers? Well, in a tongue-in-cheek type of way, it was different people making the turnovers. So you can say that the people that made the turnovers last week turned up with the game better prepared. Uh, but unfortunately turnovers again seemed to kill us, as well as a little bit uh, conservative play calling towards the end of the fourth quarter. For large portions of the game, we played at a high level on both sides of the ball. Um, We we had a few lapses that definitely made a difference to the result, but I think that's on par with where we are as an organisation at the moment. We're only a year and a half into a three-year building project, well, Shanahan and Lynch had always said it's it's going to be a three-year project before we actually feel as though we can make be contenders for the playoffs. And we're only a year and a half in there, and we are seeing progress each week, albeit small progress. At the moment, my feeling is that we're a team on the verge of getting it right, and there's only very small tweaks needed. Um, a, a few positional changes, uh, a better cornerback opposite Sherman, a free safety upgrade because Colbert, as you'll hear once we get down to the negatives, Colbert's just not doing it for me. I think he's atrocious this season. We obviously need a pass rusher, and it would be beneficial to either have another speedy receiver like Goodwin because he's the only one we've got and what a difference he makes when he's on the field, as well as a big-bodied red zone target. So, yeah, I mean, last night's game is going to hurt for a while again because it was there for the winning Exactly the same as the Cardinals game was. But I think had somebody said to us we'd get beaten by three points only and we'd basically take it down to the last three seconds of the game, after the Cardinals game, you would have turned around and said, You're having a laugh, mate. That's never gonna happen against the Packers. Um but as it as it happens, that's what happened. What was your take on the game, Andy?
0: Yeah, um, I totally agree with everything you said there. Um, obviously, like you just where we are at the moment, I think we've sort of jumped ahead in a little bit. And as you are saying, uh, I think getting a quarterback earlier than what we expected is sort of put expectation a little bit higher up. But like you were saying, on the back of the Arizona game, um, I had us down being absolutely hammered last night. Um, I think I went in the in the mindset myself that obviously it's a one o'clock in the morning game. I'll watch till half time when we're getting destroyed. I'll turn it off and go to bed so I can get up for work in the morning. Um, but obviously, as well, we was, was, was started off so well and obviously got it really really close, I was like, this is is this a like kind of is this happening? I know we've done things against Green Bay in the past, but it's sort of like. Is this what we'll be actually doing this? And then obviously, like you said, this sort of back end of the game, it's it's like we're starting yeah. and making mistakes, or I don't know if it's CJ. Yeah. Does he not know? Has, has he not got the get it? I hate this phrase, but the, to get it over the line, kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um I mean, the, the stats I've got down for Bethard, and obviously stats. Can tell a completely different story to how that game actually went. But to to me, he was absolutely excellent. Bar two throws, Uh, and two throws, and those two throws came in the fourth quarter. Um, Obviously, you you had the interception, which was an underthrown pass into coverage, and I think he forced that. I I think he felt pressured to throw that to, to aggressively go for the win. And the other one, which to me is the more important overthrown pass was the one to Kittle on a a third down late in the fourth quarter. Had he not overthrown that pass, Kittle was wide open. We'd have had the first down and potentially we wouldn't have been looking at uh, getting a three-point field goal there. We could have gotten a touchdown, which would have taken the pressure completely off the team and would have more than likely led to us winning the game
0: yeah I totally agree that um seemed to be in a good flow just before that Kittle one. um he, I think we broke the huddle quick and he was free I think like you said if you if it had been just a little bit lower he would had space ahead of him um and we could have, I, I think if if that ha- if that happens only, there' only the would probably have only been one winner and it would have been us but yeah. as you said we had to settle for a field goal instead. Um, so that's a bad throw, and then obviously the, the interception as well. Um, you could see those they were, they were bringing eight or seven, one of the two. Um, they were going like man coverage at the back. Yeah. Now oh, um, I haven't watched rewatched the game yet, I've only seen it live last night. But um, when I saw it on the replay, like the, the replay there, I'm, th- I'm thinking if that pass to Goodwin is more to the side line there's only Goodwin going to catch it.
1: That's right. It should have been to, to his right shoulder.
0: Yeah. Now, this just could be me, because I think he had a good game looking for excuses. But it's the first time I've seen this, because I haven't watched the ESPN coverage. But every field goal, it showed you which way the wind was blown. Right. And the wind was blown, sort of, if you're looking at the screen, from top left to top right, so right against where he would be throwing it. Yeah. And it was, and it was only five, six miles an hour. And it was in my head. Did it get up? Maybe that high. And the wind's maybe's got to hold of it a little bit, and blow it back
1: inside. I yeah, don't know. It just could be me. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that—that uh, that is very possible. Uh, uh, and like you said, I mean, it—it it came down to to basically inches. And that throw as well. So, so what really annoyed me last night is when when he saw the replay, it looked as though it was a ground assisted catch, because when he went down. That ball definitely moved into his body when it touched the ground, which means he did not have possession. And at the, at that point of the game, we had three timeouts. It was such an important player; It should have been an automatic decision to throw that red challenge flag and say, can you take another look at that, please? Because it wasn't within two minutes, it wasn't automatically reviewed. And for me, that, that was a feeling by Shanahan. I think he should have challenged that because with having three two, uh, timeouts remaining you could definitely risk one on that it was worth the risk just to have them go along and have a look they might have seen something else uh, and ruled against the catch on the field and to be honest that that left a little bit of a bit of taste in me off as i think it did pretty much everyone yeah um so yeah i was really disappointed with the coaching at, at that point I, I believe he should have thrown the challenge flag
0: it's weird. He's been so good the la- like last season and sort of early this season with the challenges. And then he had a bad t- two challenges, I think, against De- was it Detroit or was it the Arizona game where he lost both of them. Yeah. And then obviously one, I don't know, maybe he's getting a bit gun shower with it. But he, his challenges last season and earlier on this season have been absolutely fantastic, and he's won most of them. Uh, maybe he's, I don't know, he's maybe he's sort of held back, and maybe he hasn't had the the shout from upstairs to look
1: at it. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's it's not as though they hurried up to to snap the ball either because no. it was a change of downs or uh, because it was a turnover that the clock was stopped anywhere. So,
0: is I just thought is the isn't turnover automatically reviewed?
1: Are the only automatically reviewed within a certain
0: no any, time? I, think, I, I thought any turnover had a touch that and the score was automatically reviewed.
1: Right, you could be right. <laughs> you could be, be right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just can't remember seeing anything on the coverage to say that it had been reviewed uh, yeah. and uh, it was agreed the that short, it was a catch.
0: They showed plenty of replays of it, so...
1: Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, they did. I mean, uh, obviously it was a real catch on the field. Yeah. And it was debatable whether... Could, could you say it was... Definitive proof that he didn't catch the ball. I, th- I think it's a hard one to argue. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. So, going back to my point, had Shanahan thrown that uh, challenge flag because it's automatically reviewed, then we would have had a penalty against us, if I recall correctly, because you can't yeah. throw the challenge can't flag change. when it's automatically yeah. reviewed anyway. Yeah. I, I think the lines, uh, felt the brunt of that one one game against us where it was automatically reviewed and they have yes. thrown the challenge flag. So they got a penalty against them as well for throwing an unnecessary challenge yes, flag. Yeah, I remember
0: that,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. um So that that's that obviously counters my point. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Never thought of that.
0: Yeah, I, I thought so.
1: So stats-wise, again, it was a pretty even game. Um, We had 401 total yards, Packers had 521, 227 through the air, which isn't bad considering the Packers' secondary. Um, They're they're quite high up as a pass defence, and I thought we may struggle in the pass, but it wasn't too bad. We we moved the ball through the air and definitely on the ground. I mean, 174 yards on the ground we had. Um, I thought the O-line played absolutely terrific. The time of possession was very, very close. We we had just under 29 minutes and the Packers had just over 31 minutes. So there wasn't very much between us there either. Um, individual players, you, you look at like uh, likes of Reuben Foster, eight tackles, one assist, one tackle for a loss. Um, what was really pleasing to see, we, we had three sacks, so we did generate pass rush. We had five, Tackles for a loss, that was absolutely excellent. Um, on the flip side of that, you look at the Packers' defence, you've got Martinez, he had 9-3, and three, one tackle for a loss. Clark, 6-1, and one, one sack, one tackle for a loss. And, and Matthews, you can never ever count Matthews out, he's a fantastic player. Um, two for two, one sack, one tackle for a loss. So yeah, it was a pretty even game, and I can't help but feel as though the better team lost the better quarterback won without a shadow of a doubt but I think overall the better team lost and it's definitely hard to say that when you come away from Lambeau Field especially when you're expecting to get beat as well.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, he said um, he, showed, uh, he showed Roger showed how classy he was as a quarterback just he just knew that's what he's got that in him and he can do it any time he wants Um but the way we played, it was it was sort of sickening that we got beat the way we did, especially after we were expecting to beat and We held them so close and well were leading for most of the game and right towards the end. Yeah, um, and then for that to just to be kind of taken away from we, um, I, I think obviously we've we'll talked about that in a, in a bit, but obviously some potentially dodgy calls by the referees, um, but. It's it is sick. Then yeah, we, we probably should have won. And um, but it's it's sort of the way we're going at the moment. It seems like any luck that we might have is bad luck.
1: Yeah, and I think some of the analysts mentioned that as well. they kept on turning around and mentioning the amount of injuries we've had. We've lost QB one. We've lost RB one. We've got injuries across the board. We've had our starting wide receiver missing games. We've had uh, the opposite wide receiver missing games. Our all lines being beaten up, and we ha- and obviously the play calling, uh, sorry not the play calling. Um, some of the officiating calls have gone against us, and and they've been poor. So yeah, we we had we have had more than our fair share of bad luck. Which you need to take into consideration when you look at our performances over the last six games. Obviously, we now one and five. Um, we definitely prefer to be a lot better than that, and we've had some close games that could have swung either way.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So, onto the negatives. So, the the first negatives I've put down, or the the first statement I've put down, is Colbert and Water just not good enough. I don't know if they're just not good enough as players or whether or not they just don't fit the scheme that Salah has. The feeling I've got, it's actually the latter. I I think it's the scheme. They're they just not right for the scheme. So I wouldn't be surprised, definitely see Ward go in the next off-season. Obviously, Colbert, he's only into year two and they'll they'll give him a chance to adjust and get better. Um. But yeah, first first reaction was we need to change Colbinton Ward without a shadow of a doubt. Clock management could have been better. Um, I, I, I thought when we were in the lead, uh, granted, I mean, we'd been in the lead for a while, we, we entered the fourth quarter and we were still passing the ball rather than running it on the ground and making sure we ate we the clock away. So I think that could have been a little, a little bit better. It wasn't too bad. I have seen it worse from Shanahan. Um, but I I I think think we've all seen it worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that could have been better yesterday. Go to the very first play of the game for the Packers as well. This is the same as the Cardinals game. So Packers open up with a 60-yard pass. So they've lined up with three wide receivers to the left. The 49ers were in cover three. The Packers have run play action, which every single one of our linebackers bit on, as well as Colbert. So Colbert's obviously seen it as a running and play. He, he's moved up from where he is, closer to the line of scrimmage in, in the centre of the field. Uh, and that's left an extra receiver on, on the outside, left by himself, nobody there. You, you've got Ward, who's covering Brown, and he's stuck to him like glue. Yeah. With the spooners bit on Adams, who's run a short hook route and then basically stopped. And, and that's left Valder Scantlin to just, go up by himself, and you've ended up having Sherman coming from the opposite side of the field to basically cover the part of the field that Colbert should have been covering as a free safety. Uh, and for me, that is down to the way Colbert's read that play. Obviously, the play's been designed by the Packers for exactly that, to try yeah. to get the free safety to bite and move up, to, to give you that extra man. But he hasn't read it, and it's not the first time he hasn't read it. No, he, He's biting on the play action far too quickly. Yeah. So that that had us a little bit annoyed. Um and that basically I was going to say it set the tone, it didn't really set the tone. So they had that bit of good play about them the Packers. Um and made us look absolutely ridiculous. But then after yeah. that we we took it to them. I thought yeah. we controlled the game quite a bit. Um a lot better than I was definitely expecting against uh, Rogers. So I was happy with that. It's just annoying that we give people these early points.
0: Yeah, I mean I think sort of following on from that after after that obviously they had the running player which got which everyone thought was a touchdown but got pulled back. Um they lined up with diamonds on the left hand side. Yeah. With four four receivers there and we only had two people covering them.
1: Yeah, so I think that's completely on salah. I think he completely yeah. got the scheme wrong.
0: Yeah, it's like what like it's almost it was almost very similar to the player we tried to run last week uh, for the two point conversion which yeah which got deflected down before he even got any near on. yeah but they managed to get four over there and we only had two defenders I was standing I was like that's a like, there's you little a block and it's almost like you see what you see like in a a corner of football or a basketball, when they're picking so you can't get through to the players you're meant to be going through, and it was perfectly right. And yeah. it was like we should have had more than just two players out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, completely agree. I mean, I, I was, I wasn't shouting at the TV because everybody was in bed, but yeah. as soon as I saw it, I thought, why haven't we got more people across there? Surely they've seen this, they've recognised it, and they've adjusted, but nobody did. Yeah. So that that led to the first Packers touchdown. The second Packers touchdown, um, I think that was the Jimmy Graham uh, touchdown, centre of the end zone, and lo and behold, the person that was covering uh, Jimmy Graham was Colbert. And yet again, he lost his man, and he was about four or five yards away from when he caught the ball. So he he was wide open in, in the middle of the end zone. So Colbert is definitely in my bad books this week. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, every week. Um, other negatives, I think we've still given up far too many big players on passing down. Um, I've already mentioned Mabin replaced Ward with three minutes remaining and was just targeted throw after throw after throw by Rodgers. He'd obviously seen a mismatch that he liked and just took advantage of that.
0: Yeah, um, like you said, I mean, it just seemed to be like soon as it's... They're going to do that. With, I think any, any quarterback is going to do that. They're going to they're gonna look which side Sherman's on. They know Sherman doesn't travel. He always stays on that same side. So they're just going to target whoever's opposite them, whether it's boom whether it's Ward, whether it's Nibin. Um, And unfortunately, Nibin was only in really for them three, four minutes at the end, and everything was just thrown at him. And he just, it was almost like a deer in the headlights. And, didn't really know what he didn't know what to do where he was, or and he was basically beaten by two better players.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's there's no shame in that as well because we know we we're still lacking in quality in certain areas. So yeah, we are going to get beat by top class players. We just have to come to terms with that. until we have a roster that is full of decently caliber players then we are going to get beat. And we're under no illusions that at the moment we are that team. We we have a team where the roster is lacking in depth, lacking in quality. We've got players playing because we don't have the players to fit the scheme at the moment, and they're continually changing. They're doing it slowly, bit by bit at the time. Um, and it is it's going to be a long process. I can understand people getting frustrated. But what I would say is just look at the long game. Yeah. P- people totally are wanting to good. change a quarterback. The quarterback position doesn't matter at the moment. Uh, we're never going to get to the playoffs anywhere, and we need to make sure that we've got an experienced backup, and that's what CJ is going to be. And to be honest, I'll, I'll be getting into the positives here. But I thought CJ had an absolutely excellent game, other than those two throws.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I,
1: I don't think you can put a foot wrong, but he does where he is when he runs.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> going
1: headfirst. Yes. just I mean, don't do it, please. Yeah, I
0: think he's done that twice, and it's like, well, Nick, there's only Nick Mullins is going to come in ahead behind you who hasn't done it, had a, even one snap in the in the NFL. Uh, um, but he just, it's, it just seems to be able to get up and carry on. Like I've heard loads of people. Like on different networks and different podcasts, I think we caught saying here like he's got like a rubber butt, he just keeps getting bouncing back up and he's just carrying on, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, but,
1: uh, he's like a weeble,
0: yeah, I think it's, yeah, but it does, it does worry when he this, You can't fault his bravery. I'm trying not to use the T word about him, um, you can't fault his bravery. You would go in and do things like that, and um, but he does worry, and you think, Oh, no, we're expectations have already dropped because we've lost one. Well, we can't afford to lose you as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, turnovers. Turnovers killed us again. Um, it was really annoying. Both Juice and DJ Reed should have done a lot better to secure that ball. So, that was disappointing. And to be honest, we were lucky not to have a third fumble. Breda had a play where the ball was, wasn't properly secured. Um, he had it in his arm and his arm was outstretched and he was lucky that the defender didn't knock the ball out. So I think we were lucky not to see a, a, another turnover, which would have swung the, the game more in the Packers' favour. Favor. Um, I've already we mentioned...
0: We were unfortunate. Well, it was the right decision when um, Cassius Marsh managed to knock the ball clear for a potential fumble for us. Yeah, But I think the referees did get that right and use forward momentum had stopped. But it was nice to see us actually cause something like that, because we haven't done it for... How long now?
1: <laughs> two, three games? Yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And, I mean, that's one of the first things I've got in my positives as well. Um, shots I'll, I'll expand on that in a little <laughs> bit. Um, so negatives, I've already mentioned about uh, Bethard overthrowing Kittle, and I think that was the more important of the two. I, I don't think the interception potentially may not have been an issue, or not an issue, we we may ne- not have been in the position to throw that interception had we not missed that uh, third down throw to kill. I think I think that was critical to the way the game ended. Um, I've already mentioned as well play, call, and turn conservative with seven minutes to go. We're on our one yard, five yard line after the Packers had uh, turned over on downs. And uh, I'm saying turn conservative. So we're running the ball. At- which is what we were good at doing. Um, But the Packers were bringing the heat every single time. That's one of the things that I'd noticed about the Packers in the fourth quarter. They were a lot more aggressive on defence. They kept on rushing, they kept on blitzing. Um, And I think we should have recognised that a little bit earlier uh, and tried some more short throws. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm laughing at myself saying this, try some more short throws because in previous weeks, had we been in the same position but a little bit further up the field, I'd have been saying, what we throwing these short throws for? Just from the ball. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, they can't really win, can they? No. Um, I don't
0: don't know how much of a a miss possibly at that point. If you're looking for short throws around the area, Trent Taylor was probably a miss because that's something that I know Jimmy was and TJ would go to him on third downs in the slot. Maybe he's not as comfortable with Richie James. Um, he could have been a miss potentially
1: yeah so I think it was coming towards the end of the third quarter let's think third quarter fourth quarter it might have been the fourth quarter Kendrick Bourne he should have had a catch on third down uh, yes. and that should have been a first down for us but he missed that catch he, did drop it, he dropped it it, yeah. it just basically bounced out of his, hands. Bounced off his hand yeah um, but I think that was his only drop of the game yeah but it was a critical drop, though, at a critical time.
0: Yeah, it's sort of it's the kind of thing that's happening. It's happened all season. It's sort of carrying through where we're having critical drops, or there's a slight overthrow when working. There's sort of a momentum going our way, or it's like you said, it's that, or it's the overthrow. Kittle last week, it was the interceptions. What it just seemed that at some point. It, we're going to win this then we'll do something like that which costs for the cost for the game
1: yeah yeah so do you have any more negatives andy um i think you've pretty much touched on most of them um
0: there um <laughs> yeah, it's like, like touching
1: a nerve isn't it yeah yeah it's, it's don't, really... don't talk to us about that <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it last night i don't want to be reminded about it
0: yeah but, yeah it's it, it,
1: it's good to go over them uh, yeah, and talk negative. about the negatives uh but now we're going to the positives. So positives, and it's funny because I actually said this would never happen in the preview show, and that was our defensive line created pressure, that generated sacks, and we had tackles for loss against a very good O-line. And I think that was helped by some of the aggressive defensive play call and by Salah. I was absolutely gobsmacked at how well we did play against this O-line, and that was definitely a positive for me
0: yeah definitely, definitely. um, I think I heard somewhere else I read somewhere that they they were rated like in the top six top ten for, on the offensive line yeah. and for us to get as much pressure as we did um was a was a big shock um I know the commentators sort of pushed a lot on Solomon Thomas, but I think he only played like twenty three snaps,
1: yeah, they kept on um, rotating them all quite yeah. often.
0: But they sort of highlighted a lot that he, how well he was playing. But like to me, it was D. Four doesn't get n- enough recognition for what he does. Yeah, he's he's I think he's in top. He's in the top five for pressures for his for being like a defensive tackle, nose tackle kind of thing for yeah. pressures. Um, and Ronald Blair had like probably probably standout game for
1: He did. Yeah, he was absolutely excellent.
0: Uh, yeah, um, the only. One that I, I think missing, but unfortunately, it was the reason he wasn't there. And I thought he might have would have done better. Was DJ Jones because he was inactive. I someone I had rated very, very highly. Uh, but Earl Mitchell seems to be getting in ahead of him. But nothing. I'm not faulting many of the players I played today. I thought that last night, sorry, they played really well. And like you said, it it just seemed sort of strange. So it's actually getting pressure on people. Yeah. But it, I think, and like you're saying, like we had the right, and at one point I think for Defo sack. Which was probably the softest sack I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was when Malcolm Smith came off the end.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and
0: Smith and Rogers, seeing him coming, sort of turned in and sort of, DeForce, like, sort of, like, stroked his back and he fell over.
1: Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I, I think the way it happened is Buckner was actually tripping over anyway. So he was going down and just kind of landed on his ankle. Yeah. But a sack's a sack. I know. So you you mentioned Solomon Thomas, and my next um, positive is actually Solomon Thomas. And what I've wrote is Solomon Thomas looked motivated and actually started to look as though he he could be a player. Um, But I went back and checked the snap count, and I think you're right. I think he only played about a quarter of the snaps on on defence, and he was taken out a lot of the time on the passing plays, which, I mean... Me and Brian's discussed this over the last few weeks now, he's fantastic against the run, so you can understand why he's been taken out for the passing players yeah. because he's been absolutely garbage on the passing players but for a first round pick you, you can't have that you need somebody yeah. who can do both pass and rush but he did I mean, I'll keep this positive, he did look good last night or this yeah. morning
0: Yeah, he did um, I think I've read, I've seen as well. Like looking at the stats, I think was saying like, um, I think when he goes out, Shelton Day comes in, and yep. was, he played a lot more. And he was drafted in the same draft classes as Thomas, but a lot lower. Yeah. So the comparisons are there, and it's just unfortunate. I mean, I've got nothing against Thomas. I think he's a good player, but he's always going to have the. He was drafted third overall against him. Yeah. It's not he, his yeah. fault. He, I think he will be a good player but he's always going to have criticism of people because they expect so much more for third round or third overall.
1: Yeah, I think it's right to expect more. Um, but I also think it's... it's you're right, it's, it's not his fault that he was drafted third overall. I think he will be a decent player. I don't think he's particularly the player that we need at the moment, but I think he will be a decent player.
0: Yeah, I think you'd be, I think you play in the league for years to come, and you will be thought of as a good player. Maybe he's an old pro a couple of times, but not what sort of what you expect from a third round, third overall pick. Sorry, um, yeah. but say I've, I've got nothing against him. I think he's a good player. I like to see him do well. Um, it it could have for him to perform better um, in the long run. It may be that we'll have to get rid of Armstead and he plays instead of Armstead alongside Buckner in the middle. Cause I think he, prefer, he plays better at in the middle where he plays right. Stanford. Right,
1: that's interesting than on
0: the to see. Yeah. Um, I think that's where he played and that's where he had all his success at Stanford was sort of inside rather than on the outside. I think, I think it's the three technique rather than the six. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's currently where they play in Armstead. So I don't know, it might be. If he if they don't resign him, does he slot into there? And you bring an edge rusher kind of thing. I don't know, but it's. So, I still, I it's still it was still a, a good performance from him yesterday. He was getting Did he? I think you said he got a couple of tackles for losses. I did. Yeah. He was getting through the o lane and disrupting Rogers or the running back. I think there was the they were going to do the the double sweep at one point. Um, where Rogers handed it off and we're waiting for the other guy to come round and Thomas sort of grabbed the other guy before he could hand it off Yeah, for one of the losses and that was a brilliant bit of play by him, that.
1: Yeah, so it was pleasing to see Solomon Thomas finally looking as though he can play football. Um, The next positive I've got is we ran the ball well against a good uh, D-line. The O-line were winning battles up to midway through the fourth quarter and that's when the Packers changed to a really aggressive player calling and it just seemed as though we couldn't open up the lanes we, we couldn't open up the running lanes Um and the coverage of the passing we, we were well covered as well so they did up the game and I think that's the difference between the Packers and the 49ers they had the talent to up the game and their talent had underperformed for three quarters
0: yeah totally agree um our running game was was really good. Um, I think a lot of people who maybe thought oh it was time to put Morrison at the fantasy league might not agree um, <laughs> yeah. because um, most obviously more than redeemed himself for that one fumble he had last week. He did, yeah. Um, him and uh, I know Breda I was still you'd seen him hobbling off once or twice, um, and I think that's I think Shanahan thought he needed quick backs and. Um, Obviously most that must obviously be a bit quicker a bit uh, more movement than than Morris has. And um played really well. Um but it just makes you think, oh what what would happen if we had McKinnon?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well what what would happen if we had McKinnon? What would happen if we had Garoppolo? Yeah. Yeah. That's that, there's definitely exciting times ahead for the team. We, we are we are going in the right direction. Obviously, we, we're certainly not going as quick as what a lot of people would like. And I think they just need to realign their expectations about how long it's going to take us to get there. It's it's still better watching this team lose than what it was watching Chip Kelly's team lose or watching Jim Tom Sula's teams lose because they were just absolute dire. It sucked the life out of you. Whereas these, you can see, I think the reason people are getting so annoyed is because we are that close.
0: Yeah, I, I think I've seen a stat. It's um, Shanahan's been in charge of 10 games that have been decided by three points or less or something, yeah. which is like an NFL record. Um, but yeah, you, you said you'd much rather watch these than the Tom Sewell, Kelly era. And even the last year at Harbour, I would even push as a. It's better than watching that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. And obviously, before Harbaugh came,
0: much better than watching that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, much better than watching that. So, George Kittle, he had a bit of a quiet game last night for his standards, but he did have an important third down reception where he fought for the extra yards against the first down. And it wasn't the case of he just needed an extra one yard. I think he needed three or four to actually power through the defenders that were there. And he had three defenders around him, trying to stop him. And he still powered through. And I thought that showed the determination of the team. The team certainly don't believe that the losers, they're going to go out and give 110% on every single game. And I was happy to see that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Um, he was. It was the... Uh... I don't know exactly what you're talking about. You just fought and fought and managed to get there. as far well as, and even got uh, a lot of recognition for that from Jason Witten, who was a great tight end as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he did mention him, go him go a couple comedy. of times. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think th- th- there's a different NFL group I'm a member of, and those people saying isn't it about time uh, Witten was given the sack from his from his commentating <laughs> duties.
0: Yeah, he's no Tony Romo.
1: No. <laughs> So the the next two, or the last two positives I've got, um, a kind of tongue-in-cheek again, like uh, I've done on previous week. Um, and a pos- another positive for me yesterday was we only had two penalties. Yeah. So we, we've we cut down. I mean, obviously, we were the, one of the most penalised team in the league. In fact, I think we were the most penalised team. So to come away with only two penalties is good. Obviously, one of them was actually a critical penalty um, with Sherman Holden.
0: I've seen a lot of people debating that one, saying, should it have been when he'd already been sacked?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's one of those I could have gone in. Either way, we we knew what we were getting in, Sherman. We, yeah. we knew that he does hold, and the vast majority of the times so he gets away with it. And to be honest, it wasn't particularly a bad hold. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was basically his hand was on his hip. Yeah. I, I don't think he actually tugged at him. It's just his hand was there. So that was unfortunate, but it was, again, at a critical time. We would have forced them to punt after that sack, and obviously Buckner would have had a second sack of the game as well. Yeah, also
0: um, on that as well, is, that's only a 15-yard penalty, or a third and 16, so how's that first down? <laughs> I think it's because it's an automatic first down. Yeah, I think it is an automatic
1: <laughs> first down. Yeah, it's, it's not to do with the yardage, it's yeah. because of the hold, yeah. Um, so the other tongue-in-cheek uh, positive I've got down is Gould has obviously shaken off the Mister attempt from last week because he was back to his best. Obviously, he hit the post in the first half, but I think that was confidence. He just wanted to put on a bit of a show, have everybody's hearts in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely. he had no Mister Temps last night, so I was happy to see that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, get that. Get the uh, the next streak
1: going. Yeah. Can you think of any more positives from the game?
0: Um, I think they like said they probably touched on most of them. Um, I'll, and one of the ones that I probably would say would be the way that the defense sort of because everywhere I was looking when the game started after that first drive was slating the defense, but they just stepped up. Salah changed his player calls. And it was it, was, it seemed to become a bit more aggressive. Yeah, ball the last five ten minutes, but with the, the defence, if you looked at the defence from the first first drive, first so five minutes, then after that you'd think it was two different teams altogether.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, definitely.
0: And, the, and the, to me that was a massive improvement, even though they sort of slided off at the back end kind of thing, but the, like they said, they're still a young team and it's, you can understand why they're changing people, but it's it could demoralize people and not to get the performances they want, but like I said that sort of spell in the middle the seem like what what the defense you want to perform, you want to see them every week. if it perform like that we'll we'll win games a few quite a few games with play like that,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree, definitely right, on to the tip section obviously you've been out to San Francisco a few times now, Andy. So ho- hopefully you've got a good tip for us this week.
0: Um, i I know most of the ones I think of yous have already mentioned. Um, and obviously I know you You mentioned your food and drink ones quite a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I wonder why that one. is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you have mentioned it, but there's always a, a one. I think I've done it once, possibly twice. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember which building it is. I don't know if it's Macy's or Bloomingdale's. If you go up to the Cheesecake Factory at the top.
1: That's Macy's. Union Square. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it's a great view up there.
1: You're right, it is. Great view.
0: If you can get it sort of, just if you can get it the right time, maybe it's either, uh, at night or just as the sun's set, it's great. Uh, food's nice as well. Um, so that would be definitely one. Um, and probably another one, so obviously I know you do quite a bit of sport as well and you've touched on most of the area teams apart from one, um, get on the cow train, go down to Avaya Stadium, and see the, the San Jose Earthquake MLS team.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um they've got their Avaya Stadium is a brilliant stadium. Um, it's sort of horseshoe shape, and the back end behind one of the goals, it has the world's largest outdoor bar. All right um and it's all definitely
1: in- suit me and david ellicott yeah
0: exactly and obviously with have been mls you can drink in the stadium as well unlike football yeah. right here so basically you've got the full bar you can just turn around the games going on behind you you've got the tvs and they've got a massive giant screen above it so you can watch it on there as well and do quite a lot of at like the world cup parties there as well where you can watch the world cup games right um, and that's just off the Caltrain, um and you just go the, like the freeway under the subway it's a big thing down there Uh, And I think the season's coming to an end now, so you'll have to go to one of the early games if you're out there.
1: Right. So I think next year, uh, when me and David go back over there, and and I can say that because I don't think David's uh, girlfriend listens to the podcast. (laughs) So I don't think I'm uh, breaking any secrets yet uh, because I I have this habit of actually dropping a minute uh, by talking about our trip across there, and I haven't told her yet. (laughs) <laughs> so so without with any luck she doesn't listen <laughs> but yeah I think if uh, we go across there next year, sorry if when when we go across there next year we'll be taking in a few more sporting events um, so it's San, San Jose earthquakes, uh, hopefully we can get across there early enough but to be honest I think me and David uh, enjoy going across for Thanksgiving for the yeah. turkey ball um, because that's, that's absolutely excellent we love watching the high school games yeah, and you're amazed at how big these high school uh, teenagers are.
0: Yeah, I think I, I when I visited out there a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a guy who um, was playing for one of the local teams, and he's now um, starting running back for Alabama, you know, Roger right. Harris, and he was massive. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, they grow them big out there. Yeah, definitely, they do. So my tip for this week is if you're on the way back from Levi Stadium and you've decided to hang about a bit at the stadium before you jumped on the VTA light to Mountain View, there's a good chance that you might miss the express train back to downtown San Francisco, which means you probably going to have a 45-minute to a, an hour's wait at Mountain View. Now, the mistake both myself and David made back in 2015 was thinking that there was absolutely nothing in Mountain View, because all you can see is this one little... Caf, I think there's a wine bar which basically sells nothing but wine and some upper class food uh, and nothing else. Well, there's a line of trees, maybe 500 yards from that cafe. If you walk past that line of trees, (laughs) there's a whole street full of restaurants and bars. And the only reason I know this is because when we were there last year, um, we all had about an hour's wait for the car train to come through, and we all gagging for a drink of water so I popped up to find anywhere that would sell us bottles of water and I found this street and it was literally bar, restaurant, bar, <laughs> restaurant, bar, restaurant for half a mile and the place is just absolutely rammed it's it's really lively so if you do come back from the game uh, and you miss that express train you've got an hour to spare get yourself into downtown Mountain View there's a load of restaurants it's a cracking atmosphere and I think you'll really enjoy it and obviously, it's better than sitting in the Caltrain station for an hour <laughs> because, to be honest, the Caltrain station is a bench. Yes. There's literally nothing there. It's a, it's a bench, so you have to amuse yourself. Um, so that's my tip for this week. Right. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, uh, Andy. At, at such short notice, um, it's been cracking. Been su- such a uh, such lack of sleep. I think I've only had about an hour and
0: a half.
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> mate. yeah. I haven't had much, uh, and true to form, uh, obviously we we had a bit of a chat before we uh, we went live with the podcast, and I did say let's try and keep this down to about thirty minutes because me and Ryan <laughs> can never manage that, so you won't be surprised to know that we're currently on forty-seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can never ever keep this down to half an hour, um, but hopefully everybody's interested in what we have to say. Yeah, hopefully. Right, so thank you for joining us, Andy. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and I look forward to doing the preview on Friday. See you later, guys.
0: right We love the San Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, D card. Garrison Hurts, Stiff Fargo and 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with five time. John Tiller, Jerry Rice, down the sideline. And D B, greatest owner up all time. Groove, Walgre, Bill Bellich, we're all students of Bill Watch, don't ever forget.